Welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of our inquisitive and insightful podcast, where we delve deep into groundbreaking technologies and their implications. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen, joining Tom on this journey of discovery. Today, we have an episode that's going to be an absolute treat for all the tech enthusiasts and dreamers out there. The title of our episode is Instant 3D, Instant Text-to-3D Generation. That's right, Jen. In this episode, we're going to dissect, analyze, and muse over a paper that has set the tech community abuzz. This paper outlines a novel framework for fast text-to-3D generation, dubbed Instant 3D, which promises to be a giant leap in the field of 3D content creation. Before we dive into the core of the episode, let's set the context. Text-to-3D generation is not a new concept. This field has been evolving, with several works attempting to synthesize vivid 3D objects from text prompts. Artists, animators, and VR developers are just some of the people who stand to benefit immensely from advancements in this technology. But, as with every innovative technology, there are challenges. Traditional methods for text-to-3D synthesis require extensive optimization and iterations, taking hours to produce just one object. This stumbling block has hindered the practical application of the tech. Enter Instant 3D. This framework, once trained, is capable of churning out a 3DD model from an unseen text prompt in less than a second. That's right, you heard it, less than one second. But how does it achieve this remarkable feat? The devil is in the details, Jen, and that's what we're going to explore in this episode. The paper presents a network that constructs a 3D representation called a triplane from a text prompt. Robust strategies to inject text conditions into the network are discussed, making this framework not only fast, but also effective. And there's more. The paper introduces an innovative activation function called the scaled sigmoid, which exponentially speeds up training convergence. Plus, it tackles the notorious Janus problem in 3D generation with what they call an adaptive perpneg algorithm. The outcomes? Extensive experiments show that instant 3D outperforms state-of-the-art methods both qualitatively and quantitatively, but we'll get into the intricate details of the methodology, findings, and applications later on in the episode. And for those of you who might be new to some of the technical terms, don't worry. As we tackle this subject, we'll be breaking down the more complex ideas and vocabulary. So even if you're not a seasoned AI or computer vision expert, you'll walk away with a wealth of knowledge. Stay tuned as we start our deep dive into the world of instant 3D. The following sections will outline the paper's context, detail its core research, deliberate on its implications, and encapsulate our reflections. It's going to be an enlightening adventure through the nexus of text prompts and 3D models. Let's start the exploration. See you on the other side of the intro. Have you ever wanted to rewrite your stars, Jen? Rewrite my stars? Sure, Tom. If by that you mean scribbling my grocery list with panache. Well, folks at Chimeraquil Fantasia Inc. are making dreams soar on the wings of the legendary Chimera. That's right. With Chimeraquil pens, your mundane memos morph into magical missives. Summon your snacks with a simple sonnet or draft a love letter that woos with wisdom. Each quill is plucked from the purest of fantasy, promising your prose comes alive. Literally. But beware, the side effects are as fabulous as they are fantastical. Spontaneous sonnets, enchanted errands, and whoops, 
What's that, a new constellation in the sky? Because at Chimeraquil, we believe in weaving dreams on beastly wings. Remember, dear writers, why write with mundane when you can write with mythical? Head over to Chimeraquil Fantasia, Inc. and pen your destiny today. Use responsibly, unless you're aiming for the stars. After all, the pen isn't just mightier than the sword. Tom and Jen, it's downright magical. Welcome back, listeners. Today, we're diving into the intriguing world of speech recognition, a domain where AI can understand the spoken word. That's right, Tom. We're breaking down a complex paper titled Retrieve and Copy, Scaling ASR Personalization to Large Catalogs, authored by Saimura Larjayanthi and colleagues from AWS AI Labs. Now let's set the context. ASR, or Automatic Speech Recognition, has made significant strides, especially with integrating machine learning. However, this paper tackles an ongoing challenge, personalizing ASR models to recognize rare words or domain-specific entities. Exactly, Tom. These are words that don't crop up often. Think names of medications in a health setting or rare product names in e-commerce. Traditional techniques improve recognition, but are typically limited to a few thousand entities, which isn't enough for real-world applications. The paper presents a novel retrieve and copy mechanism to address performance issues that arise when we try to scale up these recognition systems. Right, Jen. And their approach brings a significant improvement in word error rate reduction and an increase in F1 score, all without taking a hit on speed, even for catalogs of up to 20,000 entities. Incredible stuff. To break this down, we need to understand key concepts like Connectionist Temporal Classification, or CTC, and Attention-Based Contextual Adapters. We'll unpack these terms as we go along. First off, CTC is a method that aligns input audio with transcribed text. It doesn't need pre-segmented data and works with raw audio. It's a true wizard in the speech recognition world. Indeed. Now, contextual adapters are tools used in ASR to give a leg up to those rare or important words boosting their chances of being recognized correctly. To overcome the performance issues when dealing with large catalogs, the authors introduce efficient inference and training strategies. With retrieve and copy, first, the system retrieves a subset of relevant entities and then focuses on recognizing only these entities. This prevents the model from being overwhelmed by a large number of possibilities. They use an approach called approximate nearest neighbor search and a fantastic tool called FACE, Fast AI Similarity Search, for this retrieval. It's like finding a needle in a haystack, but super fast. Absolutely, Tom. And on the training side, they smartly include phonetically similar hard negatives in the training data. This helps the model to learn to distinguish between words that sound alike but are different. Moving to the implications and applications, there are many, from voice assistants that understand us better to accessible technologies for those with speech impairments. The potential is vast. And in conclusion, this paper is a breakthrough in ASSR personalization for large catalogs. It's a perfect blend of cutting-edge techniques and practical solutions for real-world problems. Reflecting on the paper, Jen, it's not just the technical achievement that's impressive. It's the door this opens for future innovation in speech recognition. Absolutely, Tom. It's the kind of research that makes you excited about the future. Listeners, that wraps up our episode on Retrieve and Copy, Scaling ASR Personalization to Large Catalogs. Stay tuned for more deep dives into the fascinating world of tech and science.
Have you ever found yourself at a garden party, dressed head to toe in neon, looking like you're ready for a rave? Or at a rave, but your clothes scream, I thought this was a tea party. Worry no more. Introducing Chameleon Couture Inc., where our slogan is, both, blend in or stand out, the choice is yours. With our incredible chameleon cloak, your fashion faux pas are a thing of the past, or should we say, faux pas say. Be the master of disguise with our social camouflage collection. Ever wanted to match your aunt's vintage floral wallpaper? Now you can. And for those who live for the spotlight, our party animal line will make you sparkle and dance to the beat. Literally. But wait, there's more. Not only will you look fantastic, but you'll also enjoy the confused looks of people trying to figure out where you went. Disclaimer. Chameleon Couture Inc. advises against wearing the urban jungle range to the zoo. We can't guarantee the monkeys won't think you're one of them. So whether you want to sneak out of a dull conversation or be the heart of the party, both Chameleon Couture Inc. has got you covered or uncovered. It's really up to you. Welcome back, podcast fans, to another episode that's sure to tickle those brain cells and stretch the gray matter. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen, ready to dive deep into a fascinating topic that's been making rounds in the tech and research circles. That's right, Jen. Today, we're discussing the paper Fine-Tuning Language Models for Factuality, authored by Catherine Tian, Eric Mitchell, Huashu Yao, Christopher D. Manning, and Chelsea Finn, hailing from the prestigious grounds of Stanford University and UNC Chapel Hill. We're on a mission to unfold the complex realm of language models and their tendency to be factually inaccurate, sometimes hilariously so, but also potentially harmful. So, let's crack on. First things first, the paper deals with refining the fact-checking abilities of language models. To give you a sense of context, these models are like the muscle car of generating human-like text. They're smooth, they're powerful, but sometimes they take a wrong turn and crash into the wall of factuality. Our journey starts with understanding these errors, commonly known as hallucinations, which amusingly isn't about seeing little green men, but rather when a language model confidently presents you with a piece of fiction as a fact. But why does this matter, you ask? In the age where these models are sometimes used as alternatives to search engines, the distinction between fact and creative writing becomes crucial, unless you fancy using Harry Potter as a historical reference at your next trivia night. Now, language models, like all of us, want to learn from their mistakes. But here's the kicker. Human fact-checking is like getting a passport. It's slow and expensive. And like that trip to the DMV, nobody's got time for that. Enter the heroes of our story. Methods to judge factuality without humans having to lift a finger coupled with a clever little algorithm that can directly fine-tune these models. This one-two punch aims to boost factuality in language models without selling a kidney to pay for human labeling. It's a lot to unpack, and trust us, we've got detailed discussions of their methods, experiments, and key findings that we'll dissect like a frog in biology class. A factual one, of course. But that's not the end of it. We'll explore how these findings could be like the invention of the wheel for the field. Will they transform language models from teenagers fudging their essays to peer-reviewed scholars? Finally, we'll wrap up with a recap of main points and share our personal reflections on the paper. So whether you're a seasoned AI aficionado 
or someone who still types with one finger, brace yourself for a learning experience that promises to fact-check itself at every turn. All right, let's get factual. Stay tuned as we jump into the world where language models start taking truth serum, courtesy of some fine-tuning sophistication from the Brainy Bunch over at Stanford and UNC. We can't wait to share it all with you, so plug in those earbuds and let's get this episode rolling. Are you ready to squeeze your way into an existential hoedown? Then buckle up, Buttercup, because Quantum Tunes Squeezebox Co. is about to accordionize your world. Forget a simple oompa folks. These squeeze boxes have the power to warp space-time with every note. You want to jazz up your jig? Every Quantum Tunes accordion is equipped with the uncertainty button. Now your polka might just kickstart a parallel universe hoedown. And let's talk craftsmanship. These accordions are made at the intersection of traditional artisanship and wild quantum theory. For when you want to serenade Schrodinger's cat both inside and outside the box. So imagine, you're at a party and someone asks, hey, can you play the beer barrel polka? And you say, hold my beer and watch me collapse a wave function. Quantum Tune Squeezebox Co., where playing the accordion means bending reality and possibly throwing a party in the fifth dimension. Disclaimer. Quantum Tunes is not responsible for any wormholes or time loops that result from your next accordion solo. Get quantum quirky and make your very own cosmos dance. Grab your Quantum Tunes accordion today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special episode of our podcast that delves into the world of machine learning and visual recognition. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're going to unpack an incredibly exciting paper titled Towards Open-Ended Visual Recognition with Large Language Model by Qi Hong Yu, Xiaohui Shen, and Liang Che Chen from ByteDance. Now, before we get into the nitty-gritty details, let's set the stage a bit. Visual recognition technology is all around us, from smartphone cameras that can detect faces to autonomous cars that navigate through busy streets by recognizing the environment. This technology is key to bridging the gap between our physical world and digital experiences. Absolutely, and the field has made leaps and bounds in progress. But despite this, there's a fundamental challenge that remains, the long-standing issue of recognizing objects in an open-ended manner. That is, being able to identify objects the system hasn't been explicitly trained to recognize. That's where this paper comes in. It proposes a novel approach using a large language model a concept we'll dive into shortly, to transcend the limitations of traditional open vocabulary recognition models. It's a game changer because it could allow a machine to understand and identify not just thousands, but potentially millions of object classes. Yes, Tom, and think about the implications. Such a system could recognize novel or rare objects without needing to be fed class names during its testing phase. It's like giving the system the ability to learn the concept of objectness and having a worldly understanding of things. So, without further ado, let's embark on this enlightening journey through the paper, from its objectives and breakthrough methodology to its fascinating findings and the broader implications for the future of visual recognition. Buckle up, it's going to be a detailed exploration. Are you tired of jump ropes that just fall flat? Then get ready to be illuminated by Zaphop Inc. Introducing the laser rope, the only jump rope that lets you jump into the future. 
one zap at a time. No more tripping over boring, lifeless ropes. Zaphop infuses each jump with a photon-powered party. Whether you're a night owl looking to light up the sky, or a sci-fi fan ready to channel your inner Jedi while you shred those calories, Zaphop's got your back and your calves and your heart rate. So leap into a workout that's light years ahead of its time. Because with Zaphop Inc., your fitness routine will never be dim again. In an exaggerated movie trailer voice, Zaphop Inc.'s Laser Rope. It's not just a workout, it's a light show for your feet. Tom and Jen, sponsored by Zaphop Inc., where fitness meets science fiction, followed by laser sounds and a footstep rhythm. Zap, hop, zap, hop. Welcome back to our deep dive into the world of coding theory and, more specifically, error-correcting codes, which are crucial in ensuring the accuracy and reliability of data transmission. That's right, Tom. In today's episode, we're unpacking the fascinating paper titled Constant Query Local Decoding Against Deletions is Impossible by Megal Gupta from UC Berkeley. We're going to teach some complex concepts in an intuitive way, so strap in. To kick things off, let's establish why this paper is a game changer in its field. Error-correcting codes have historically focused on substitution errors, but this paper addresses local decoding in the context of synchronization errors like insertions and deletions, which are pretty common in real-world applications. Right on, Tom. The existence of constant query locally decodable codes, or LDCs, has been an open question for insertion and deletion settings. Gupta's work definitively resolves this, showing that such codes do not exist when we're talking about deletions, an answer to a long-standing conjecture in coding theory. Diving into some background, classical locally decodable codes allow us to recover individual symbols of a message with just a constant number of queries to the coded message. They're essential for efficient data retrieval and have applications in private information retrieval and more. But when we step into the world of insertions and deletions, the classical approaches don't hold up, making Gupta's paper a critical advance in our understanding. Exactly. And what's super interesting is the methodology used in the paper. Through a series of reductions and probability-based analyses, the paper argues that for deletion errors, the encoding length must be exponential, confirming that constant query LDCs are a no-go. Importance-wise, this research isn't just theoretical. Its implications stretch to practical applications like DNA storage technologies, text and speech processing, and even certain aspects of communication complexity. As for applications, the findings from this paper essentially force us to rethink the strategies we use for creating locally correctable codes in deletion scenarios and push us toward alternative coding schemes for error resilience. To wrap up, Gupta's findings are not only fascinating from a theoretical standpoint, but also pivotally inform future research and practical approaches in the field of coding against deletions. So there you have it, listeners. We've covered Megal Gupta's groundbreaking paper on the impossibility of constant query local decoding against deletions. We've touched upon the key components, the context, significance, methodologies, and implications. And that personal reflection? Well, this research poses new challenges for the coding theory community, and we're excited to see how researchers will innovate in response to these findings. Join us next time as we continue to unpack the intricacies and marvels of computational and information theory. Until then, keep those bits and qubits error-free. And that's a wrap. 
Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe for more in-depth discussions on the latest in tech research. Have you ever felt like your accordion just isn't cutting edge enough? Do you dream of an instrument that plays with the boundaries of physics and funkiness? Then hold on to your hat, or in this case, your magnifying glass, because Quantum Quirkords LLC is here to squeeze your mind. Introducing the Quirk Squeezette, the accordion so small you might need a quantum microscope just to see the bellows wiggle. With the power of Quirk Tweezing technology, you'll be playing notes that not only sound out of this world, but actually are. Who knew music could both exist and not exist until someone listens? At Quantum Quirk Chords, it's not just about the music. It's about experiencing an existential crisis with every polka. And imagine learning subatomic squeeze theory from the best. You'll be the life of the quirk party at the Infinitiny Accordion Fest. With Quantum Quirk Chords, it's not just a concert. It's a quantum leap for mankind's merrymaking. Remember, when it comes to accordions, if you think smaller, you funk bigger. Where the quantum and quirky collide in concert at Quantum Quirkords LLC. So grab your tweezers and get ready to press your way into a new dimension of music. Quantum Quirkords LLC, the microscopic maestros of melody and mayhem, proudly sponsoring our podcast. Squeeze on, you crazy diamonds.